comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the DC TV Podcast, episode number 22. Double deuces, everybody. Rolling them in. And uh, this week we have three different shows to talk about. Uh, this week we're becoming The Flash, uh, Out of Time. Uh, the pilot for the new uh, CW show, uh, I, Zombie, which premiered right after The Flash this week. And The Offer on uh, Arrow this week. I think I can uh, speak uh, for all three of us that we're going to have a lot to say about that one as well. Uh, <laughs> plus, we got a lot of DC TV news and a lot of your comments, of course, from the Facebook group. And joining me for the festivities today on DC TV Podcast are the podcasting mogul that the city doesn't might not need, but he is the podcasting mogul that the city deserves, uh, Mr. Daryl Taylor, and the head of his own podcasting League of Assassins, Mr. Richard the Chub-Toed Sheldon. Thanks for joining me, guys. Let's get right to it. Since we're going to start off with The Flash, it's almost like eating dessert first, you know what I mean? It's, uh, this episode, there was so much going on. It's such a such a cool episode. Um, so great. It's so funny. Right now on IMDb, it's rated at 9.9 uh, by, by viewers, uh-huh. over 3,000 reporting. Who's that point one? Somebody needs to preach to them. Oh, well, they were a little, they were drunk or something. They hit the wrong button. They didn't know. This was so good that uh, you know, I listen to all the shows on the network. This was so good that even it's all connected. We're talking about this episode before they talked about their own. <laughs> oh, wow. The Shield, yeah. I haven't gotten to the latest episode of It's All Connected yet. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you got to do that. But uh, Out of Time is uh, the uh, 15th episode of the season. And wow, it was really awesome. We find out we start the episode with a flashback uh, to the, the Martin Brothers. Uh, they're in an, an, an airplane in a storm when the uh, the containment field broke and the wave hit that gave everyone their powers, all the metahumans. Uh, the one brother, of course, from the pilot episode uh, did not survive. Joe took him down with a few bullets. But Mark Martin, the other brother, has the same ability to control the weather uh, that his brother did. And uh, he's returning to Central City uh, to avenge the death of his brother on Joe because Joe took him out. Uh, he goes to the morgue and uh, tortures a guy by Literally beating to death with snowballs, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tortures the coroner yeah. to find out uh, who, who uh, you know, pulled, who shot uh, his brother, who was the one who actually pulled the trigger. Uh, he finds out Joe's name, and when uh, uh, Barry and Joe get to the scene, Barry realizes from the forensic evidence that they're dealing with someone who can control the weather, and most likely the other Martin brother. And uh, we get that this cool scene when they're talking about him in Star Labs, where um, Cisco calls him the Weather Wizard and says, "Oh, I've been holding on to that one since week one." <laughs> which i thought yeah. was, was a cool line um well this is like a finale because it called back it has a lot of callbacks to the first episode it does more than one way too was we find out yeah. a little bit we go out with linda and barry they're on a bowling date uh they're very cool looking bowling alley and 
who has happened to be there, but oh. but Iris and Eddie. It it's pretty obvious to both Eddie and uh, and Linda that uh, Iris and Barry are a little too familiar with one another. Uh, there's a scene where like Iris like wipes ice cream off of Barry's face. Well, it's not Barry's fault. Not Barry's no, it's fault. not really. Yeah. you know, Iris is being like overly familiar. Because he didn't even want to join them. He was he was gonna he was gonna go with his girl and just go bowling. But he asked her, and you know, Linda was trying to be passive aggressive. All right, I don't mind. And her wiping the ice cream off his face didn't help his decision. Well, it's almost like, it's almost like she was trying to mark her territory in a weird way in front of the other girl. It wasn't like she was. She was. <laughs> she did like it. She did. But um, this, you know, not only Linda but Eddie both uh, realized you know, that they're a little being a little too familiar, or at least Iris is being too familiar with, with Barry uh, on her end. Mm-hmm. Eddie gets upset with Iris later at the police station for acting weird with Barry. is is really mad. Um, the uh, Martin takes an attack on the uh, the police station. Uh, the police captain almost gets killed, saving Joe West. He jumps in the, the line of fire of the, we- you know, the weather yeah. bolt or whatever and uh, ends up in the hospital. Well, now, did they say, because... I'm trying to remember. He's not going to. They're saying he's not going to be able to walk again, right? That's what they said. And was he still unconscious? Or I'm trying to remember. I think I think he was still unconscious, but they were talking to his partner. So he's probably not going to be able to be a cop anymore. Is probably. That's definitely what you said. They, they definitely the doctor said that he would not. You know, he wouldn't be able to be on the force again. Not being an active cop because he would be able to walk. There, there, there's too much damage. Well, won't. They didn't. Well, wait a minute. I, what if Cisco builds him something? Well, I don't even think that's going to happen anymore. I don't know. My theory is that all of that's going to be negated. We will see. We will see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you and I probably have the same theory. And I, I want to give it a, a pretty cool that they could have it that he's a gay character, but they didn't have to refer to it at all. It was all. just part of this. Yeah. It wasn't like, look, he's it, gay. It was just like, no, he just happens to be right. gay. He's the police captain, and that's the way it is. You know? I really appreciated that. It was not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have to slap us in the face with it. They just, here he is, and, oh, we make our own connection, and that's it, you know? Boom. And that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the best That's like, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but that's kind of what I like about the Nissa and Sarah thing on uh, on Arrow, too. They kind of dealt with it the same way, you know? It's just right. like they were a couple, you know, they were in love. <laughs> Iris confronts Barry about um, uh, Harrison Wells. Barry, you know, s- sticks up for Wells, but at the same time, Cisco is getting more suspicious about Harrison. Now we come to, like, the big uh, jaw-dropper of the episode. He uh, keeps going over the data, and there's no reason why the containment field should have failed when it did. And uh, he doesn't really, he doesn't understand why or, or how it went down. So he keeps digging deeper, and then he uh, turns the containment field back on, the the field to hold the reverse flash, and he discovers that the reverse flash that they saw in the containment field was only a hologram. And then yeah. as he realizes this, as he's playing the hologram recording, dun dun dun, Harrison Wells walks in. That's what I knew. I just I knew the really the heavy stuff was going to go down when I saw Wells walking into the room. Cisco never watches his back. Like you don't stand there and just waste time. You find out something happened, you go, "Oh crap!" and then you turn that crap off, and then you talk right. about it later. Not only that, I mean, yeah, that was the the "oh crap" moment. The minute that she turned around after asking for the coffee to go, and he, he the wheelchair was empty. Call that's me. when I. Yeah, that's when I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Caitlin lures Doctor Wells out of Star Labs uh, under the pretense to have a you know a cup of coffee and go relax together, you know, outside of work or whatever." 
but Wells kind of is kind of seeing sees through the ruse because she keeps him there a little too long, and as she goes back with uh, mm-hmm. their coffee to go, his wheelchair is there, but he is not. Yeah, she's not very good. No, at lying. no, she's <laughs> not. Uncomfortable smile is just it's just too much with the uncomfortable. But now Kayla knows something. You know, something is up. But Wells uh, confronts mm-hmm. Cisco. He reveals himself to be Eobard Thawne from the future, mm-hmm. the original <laughs> Reverse Flash. Um, he came back from the future. This is the part that that got me. He came back in time to kill Barry, but accidentally mm-hmm. killed his mother instead, and then since has been stranded in the present day, and that he is pushing Barry to get stronger so he can use Barry's powers to return to his time. Oh, and so then he brutally murders Cisco. Yeah, I was so disappointed at that. I mean, not the story was bad, but I was just so disappointed because I wanted Wells to kind of be good right. somewhere. No, no, and he, and he not. isn't. Nope, sorry, I mean, <laughs> he but, isn't. I mean, these this answer is just fills in so many blanks that we've been trying to fill in ourselves over the past few weeks. I mean, this yeah. is like definitive. Mm-hmm. You know who he yeah. is, why he's here. Unfortunately, I think it's only going to fill in the blanks for us, the viewers, because of my theory that I think Daryl shares. So yeah, I think that all of this, well, is I mean, not. yeah, well, the ending kind of does that. It does reset that. Oh, we're, we're getting there. Uh, we'll, we'll just a couple more things. <laughs> Martin uh, kidnaps Joe West, takes him to a, a barge out on the ocean. Joe's leg is really broken, so he can't move and he's chained to the deck of this boat. He's going to make Joe watch. Well, he uses his weather powers to create a tsunami and destroy all of Central City. Barry is with Iris as this is going down. They're like right on the coast. They're talking. They're talking about their feelings, about how they both feel the same way for one another. And, you know, big breakthrough character moment. Very CW moment, but it, it fit. And then as that is happening, they see the tsunami going on. Barry says, I wish you didn't have to find out this way. And he changes into the Flash. Which was awesome. Yes. I just that that was the best out. There were so many reveal moments in this episode, but that was my favorite one right there. That was so cool. Yeah, he did the he did the superhero pose, and he was like, "I'm I'm the Flash." Yeah, just... it was sweet. Caitlin tells Barry that he is he might be able to stop the tsunami by creating a speed vortex by running back and forth as fast as he can in front of the tsunami, causing you know a, a force wave in the opposite direction. He might be able to save the city that way. So the Flash begins to run back and forth as fast as he can, faster, 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 and he ends up running so fast, or what he thought was a speed mirage in the uh, earlier part of the episode was actually him passing himself in time. And he ends up, travels in time, to when Martin first came to the city, basically the beginning of the episode crazy so like groundhog day everything has been reset now everything that we just saw has been reset mm-hmm. which i think is going to i think it's going to take I, I think he's going to remember all of it but i think he's gonna he's gonna save the um joe's captain from being crippled he's gonna save joe from being hurt he's gonna uh save cisco everything is gonna be changed around and inadvertently mm-hmm. it's gonna be changed around that that stuff's not gonna happen yet if it's it supposed to have it. But I think it's going to... I, I don't think that the reveal to the characters of of Reverse Flash is going to stick. No, I don't think that was... I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't think Barry got clued in on that at all. No, right? he didn't. No, he knows that he Iris is suspicious of Wells, but only right. Caitlin and Cisco in that timeline found out about Wells. Everything, if, right. if, 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 yeah, if everything got reset 
and he doesn't, and he, you know, like, see, he deals with Martin immediately, you know, because he knows he, it's him and he knows where he is. You'd say he just takes him out then. Then, you know, he might be around to save Caitlin and Cisco and, you know, that stuff, keep that stuff from happening, you know. Who knows? We'll right. see. But or, here, 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 just real quick, I mean, the next okay. episode is called Rogue Time. So not only do we uh-huh. have to deal with all this, but the rogues are back. Ooh. The next episode, you know, not to spoil, but I mean, it's called Rogue Time. Sorry, Jerry. Uh, but I mean, I mean, uh, he has to deal with all this plus the rogues in, in one episode. That just seems like a lot, but, but what a well, cool ending. I, what an awesome. And like, you know, time travel is such a big part of the flash mythos, like to introduce mm-hmm. it this way. It's just kind of, kind of cool. And what I think is going to happen also is, uh, even when it negates everything, remember Wells's computer can remember stuff. Alternate timelines. You know, the time has been tampered with. So if he goes to that computer and, and finds out that they, you know, that they did find out that information, he can kind of cover stuff up. Well, I, yeah. I thought it was kind of an elegant way in the story to finally definitively let the audience know who the reverse Flash is, why he's there, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And but without, like, you know, necessarily disturbing the continuity. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, there's because the time has been reset, obviously, there's going to be a way for you know it's going to be saved. I mean, spoiler, we've seen him in, you know, trailers for the next episode. So, um, you know, things like that. So. But it's so weird that even though he, for all these evil purposes, he's just to get his time, he's actually made the Flash better than he was without him being there. Like, he's, I think he's done more with his powers in, at an earlier age, probably. Than he would have if he'd just been the Flash naturally, you know, uh, at well, a natural pace. I think that was the point, though. I mean, he's stuck in time, and rather than let Barry discover, you know, his abilities and 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 eventually the Speed Force and all that on his own, he's kind of accelerating it so he can get back to his time. But just... no, but I mean, he's not going to stop. I mean, we all know Flash is going to, you know, somehow defeat the bad guy. But but right now this Flash is ten times better trained than he than the other Flash in the other timeline before Wells came to do to kill him. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, mean, I get what you're saying because yeah, without yeah. Wells there to push him away, but actually without Wells there to create the containment field and to have the accident, he wouldn't have been created to begin with. Well, something must have made. So he's play. kind I mean, of creating him his own enemy, you know. And plus, kind of. And plus, we talk yeah. about how, you know, he might have had super speed, but if you know, he wasn't didn't have that righteous sense of of wanting to see justice done because of what happened to his dad, because right, of, being and, a scientist and, and all that other stuff. That he might not have been the Flash. He might have just been one of these other, you know, scumbag metahuman villains or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or the well. I don't think he'd be as driven as he as the early. I don't think he'd be as driven early on as he was in this timeline as well. Well, question. I'm trying to remember all the way back to the original uh, origin in the comics. Did when he got covered w- with the chemicals in the lab and and the lightning hit and all that? Was it uh, wasn't it was it just a natural lightning storm, or was it from something like? Well, they're saying what they had kind of earlier on, it was just an electric storm. But what they're saying is the the speed force was always coming to get Barry. 
it would have okay. hit him regardless. Like that's how they, as it got to Jeff Johns's run, they're basically, you know, all through waves and stuff, they're kind of saying that the speed force was always going to happen. Like the speed force touched the people that it was supposed to touch. That was just right. the way it what, was. What I'm wondering though is, is maybe in the original on the show, my mm. theory is that the original was that he somehow got the speed force through uh, uh, that accident. He's in his lab. There's a lightning storm. It crashes through whatever. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I think so. Too. And then it takes much longer for him to become the flash. He has to discover all these things on his own, um, you know, and, and whatnot. Well, now Thrawn is, he's coming. He's, uh, Cause you know, he created, he's stuck in time. So what he's going to do is he waits till Barry's, you know, a little bit older. He mm-hmm. purposely creates this collider accident so that he can start Barry down the path quicker. Because evidently he knew about the flash. He came there to kill him. So he becomes the flash somehow. So, and he becomes pot. He becomes the famous, you know, superhero. Right. So they're, it had to be, you know, like he, he knew about him before he came to the future. I mean, before he, he went back to the past, he knew about him in all the way in the future. So, I, but now he's made him so much stronger. He made him so much better. It's like the difference between, you know, Batman being trained, like uh, he's going to become Batman, but he doesn't become Batman until he's in his late 20s and when he becomes trained and stuff. Now, but you you do something even earlier on, and it causes and causes him to learn how to train, you know, to fight and all that stuff. And he, when he's in his teens, like he's just so much better. Like he he's already breaking the time uh, barrier. I mean, he can already break in, into the time force, the speed force, break the time barrier, and all that. And he's only been the Flash not even a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wonder what what changes that would. I mean, they have to go back to it eventually. You know, like there's certain things that they have to call back to because they started it out with telling us, you know, there are things that happen in the future. So I just it's just I, I think it's a it's a cool concept to have it that your enemy winds up, even though they thought they were going to kill you eventually, you know, but they wind up making you so much of a better made, superhero than yeah. you ever were before. Right definitely what's happening because i mean him him trying to go back and kill him and, and alter the timeline has made things infinitely or not infinitely but made things worse for him because you know he's given mm-hmm. the flash all his training and advanced him further than he would have on his own yeah yeah and all those people that he's been saving i mean he's really affected the world like he's really really affected this world oh it's just so good yeah it's it's, it's really so it's good. like all the best all the best parts of the comic yeah put, it is oh it yeah is. oh yeah absolutely it's another, oh, another so great episode of the flash um mm-hmm. let's move on to uh i zombie the pilot yes now this um i i really i went to this for very low and if if any expectations Although I mean, it is Rob Thomas who uh, you know we we get from uh, uh, um, Veronica Mars and and other shows. Right. He also worked on the X Files, um, and it's based on the comic by Chris Robertson and Mike Allred. Uh, although this adaptation is a little different than the comic, uh, some a lot. Yes, different. well, some of the some of the plot elements are are, are the same though. Um, yeah. It's about a character named Olivia uh, Moore, 
<laughs> live more. Get it? Uh-huh. She's uh, uh, an overachiever, a medical resident, and she goes to one party. <laughs> they happen to be one, just party. one party on a boat uh, where they happen to be passing <laughs> out this uh, this designer drug called Zombrax, I think. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is turned into a zombie. Yeah. Now, it's you know, it's a few months later. Uh, her whole family is wondering you know, what has happened to her, where all her ambition is gone. She had to break up with her perfect boyfriend, fiance, because of her. Mm-hmm. She was afraid of infecting him with her. Uh, they think she has PTSD from the party. Right. Right. Yeah. They think she's just gone goth or whatever. They don't understand that she's a zombie. She's, she still has her, her all of her faculties and everything. Um, but mm-hmm. she's kind of half alive and undead. Uh, she loses um, all, you know, all of her drive and ambition, as I said. She transfers from medical, medical residency to work in the morgue so she can get the brains that she craves because she's always hungry for brains, you know, just like a, right. a real zombie. But uh, kind of like the comic book Chew, when she eats the brains of the, the, uh, the, the person that is deceased, she's able to have some of their thoughts and flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and skills. And skills. That and, was the first thing I thought of was chew. <laughs> yeah, uh, and languages too. At one point, she's speaking Romanian. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's the setup. It's a procedural, um, and she's working in the morgue. And she ends up working cases. Detective who's kind of dubious of her, but ends up she ends up having good instincts, so she follows him. She kind of doesn't really explain what she's. You know, she's kind of says she's psychic or whatever. And, uh, right. Right. But uh, they go through. They they go through and they uh, um, uh, find a uh, solve a crime, uh, dealing with a murder involving a weatherman and some call girls, and it's just a you know very like procedural story. But uh, overall, I really like this show. I really like Rose McIver um, in the lead role. Mm-hmm. I thought she played really well, especially starting out like playing a totally different character and then playing the zombified Liv. Yeah, she the tongue. I like the tone. The tongue in cheek is is comic is, is is a lot like the comic because they do do that mm-hmm. it, it makes fun of itself you know they were able to in the in the comic book they were able to even with the dark stories because they were you know it sat around death and all that kind of stuff they were still able to to make fun of it you know and kind of have fun with with all of that with her problem mm-hmm. you know right well, I, I went into this with very little information because it's a, a comic I have not read. Um, never was really on my radar. I'm interested in it now, but, uh, you know, the only information I had was what little you've told me and, uh, you know, the promos and the promos left me kind of going, huh? And, uh, so much like you, Jim, I had very low expectations and I won't say I was blown away, but I, I really, really liked it. it. It really had this, you know, tongue in cheek, almost campiness to it at at, mm-hmm. at certain moments but at other moments it just had really good plot really good dialogue um i i you know the way that they would uh start off scenes with that that comic effect you know comic book looking effect mm-hmm. and everything yeah, like, I that. like that I, I i don't know i mean it, it, it i understand within 10 minutes of the show going okay i'm not supposed to take it too serious no, I'm so you know right. there is a serious to the aspect of the plot that she's dealing with, but at the same time, this is just supposed to be fun, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. It was fun for me the whole thing, you know. And there were some, there were definitely oh, moments of it being a pilot. You can tell, yeah, you know. Yeah. But 
but with that said, I I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I like the main character. Uh, like I said, I like Liv. I like the uh, the Lieutenant Clive and the way they played off yeah. one another because he he just seemed like very uptight and she just was like not having mm-hmm. it. That was a great combination. He was like the wolf. I think he's like a combination of the wolf character that that they couldn't really keep in the story unless oh. they bring him in later on because they're. There's a wolf and a ghost that died when she was in the 1960s, so she's stuck in that mode of that time. So, but that's kind of hard to apply to a TV yeah, show. Yeah, they did. Like I said, it is um, um, the uh, there was you know a bit of departure from the comic or whatever. But like you said, the the Mike Allred does um, uh, cards, uh, place cards in between scenes were really cool. Like when they did the flashback to the boat going down or whatever, and they used that art. Uh, that, oh, that was yeah. really cool. Um, I, I enjoyed the doctor, uh, Doctor Robbie. Uh, the, He's good. Yeah, yeah. They had, they, oh they, yeah, they played off one another well too, um, and uh, it just uh, and and her 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 mom was hilarious. Uh, kind of reminded me of the mom from the Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of that over <laughs> overbearing uh, power of passive aggressiveness, you know. Um, yeah, because she didn't have family like the, she, her mother and stuff. When she died and became a zombie, she pretty much faked her death and went on and moved on and and took another identity right. and never and never went back. But I think what I like about what I really like about this is they kept the tone. They kept the main thing of she. It took her almost the whole entire series to find a purpose. Because she felt so sad and withdrawn from society because of what happened to her, that like in this first episode, that was her problem. Like she didn't, she just gave up. She was like, I, I have nothing to add. I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. I have no life, but this. And and she eventually found her way towards the end of the series. But I kind of like how, you know, it kept that. It kept the heart of it still there. You know, right. she's a good person overall, but she just didn't, you know, because of what happened, she just didn't, didn't know what to do. I just, I thought the writing was very smart and witty. Uh, it, rem- it reminded me very much of Veronica Mars, but with zombie, uh, yeah. <laughs> with a zombie in the lead. And, uh, yeah. so I, you know, it, it was entertaining, you know, it wasn't like, you know, m- must watch appointment television, but I found it very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, definitely check, you know, I zombie, I give it a thumbs up and check it out. Yeah, I'll give it a few, it a few yeah. more episodes, you know. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Now let's move on to uh, something, uh, <laughs> something else. Uh, the Arrow, Arrow this week is uh, the episode is called The Offer. Okay, mm-hmm. and we all know what the offer is, and the episode starts with this offer. Um, Oliver, is, it starts just where we left left off last episode. Uh, Oliver's on his knees in front of Rachel Ghoul, uh, you know, telling him to save, you know, please save Diggle's life. You know, he'll beg for it if need be. And Rachel says, no, you don't understand. Um, I want you to be the next Rachel Ghoul. And, uh, you know, Arrow is kind of stunned by it, of course. And um, <clears throat> Rachel tells him that at this point that his city will turn on him and he'll always be alone. Um, and these, they you know, play, you know, later into the story. Uh, we then go, go back to uh, Arrow HQ and uh, Thea trying to um, uh, make Nyssa believe that she did, in fact, kill Sarah. But Nyssa, after hearing the whole story, doesn't think there'd be any justice in killing Thea. But um, she's assured that uh, you know, her father's already killed Malcolm Merlin. But uh, not so, as we find out uh, uh, later. I know. We'll get to that in a minute. 
Um, Laurel and Roy come in just as uh, Nissa's holding a sword to Thea's throat, so they uh, subdue her. Laurel gets her butt kicked again. Uh, so it's mostly Roy, and they put Nissa back, back in custody. Oh, oh man. That, just, that made me so mad. Every time she gets, Laurel gets beat up. I just want to say stop. Well, I think the ending of this episode is a good idea. So we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, We then come back to Rache trying to appeal to Oliver uh, that, you know, he'd be able to do a lot more good as the head of the League of Assassins, you know, meet out a lot more justice. Well, you know, he'd be able to, you know, uh, apply justice throughout the whole world rather than just one city, you know. Um, Even if you wanted to tell them to abandon killing, that's what would happen because he would be Rache al Ghul. Um, Rach says that, you know, if Queen turns him down, then he'll be allowed to leave. All deaths forgiven with Merlin and Diggle. And, like, almost immediately, Oliver's like, let's go home. And he turns his back on Rach and walks out. First of all, pretty cold-blooded, okay? Second of all, the thing is, when this was a Batman story, Mm -hmm. um, and Rach gave that offer to Batman, Batman did not hesitate at all. Didn't think about it at all. Didn't mull it over. Didn't think, you know, maybe I could or whatever. Um, And we are led to believe here that Oliver isn't. But as we found out later in the episode, he is. He's thinking about it. And I think it's a cool difference. Like if this, I mean, we always say how this show is imitating Batman, I mean, uh, all the time, especially with this storyline. But it kind of gives this story a different dimension, thinking that he might actually be considering, you know, taking over the League of Assassins to, you know, actually, you know, dish out justice you know what i mean right. it, there was a daredevil right. storyline uh, shadowland where he where uh-huh. he becomes the lead of the hand um the the lead you know the ninja clan called the hand uh, in the marvel universe and he does does something similar he tells you know he orders him not to kill and he puts them out on the streets of hell kitchen hell's kitchen to meet out justice you know all, all right. over the city but that doesn't work out very well for him in the in the comic story you know what I think they should... I mean, but if they didn't plan it out, but I really think that they should have... The character of the um, the one that wanted the... She was the crazy one that was shooting people, killing people. Um, in red. She was basically a uh, comic Cupid. It would. I think it would have been kind of cool if there was a person who... Like, they had uh, Talia who pretended to be a, some type of vigilante and she went met him earlier on in the season, or even last season, and they kind of developed a little bit of relationship. And then somehow she leaves or disappears, and then you find out that that's down the line. You find out that that's Raz Ghul's daughter, mm-hmm. and that's kind of she's the one that kind of tries to get him to to join the league. Well, I think Ta- I think the reason they didn't I think the reason they didn't use Talia is because she might be too close to the Batman mythos. Or then she might be under the yeah. uh, AGS of the Batman characters they can't use. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not even cool allowed to say Gotham, you know. So I know, I know, but it would have been cool if they had someone else that was attached to the league that tried to get him to, just like they got Sarah, they tried to do that with him. You know, like I'm a, I, you know, you find someone that you 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 kind of fall in love with, and they kind of seduce you into the league. Is kind of how it seems like it happened with Sarah. So it would have been kind of cool to see that happen with him first. I mean, him would happen with him also, and it would have make a little bit more sense why he would even think about it at all. I mean, you know, it could be a tempting offer to him if he could, you know, keep the assassins from killing everyone and just use them 
Well, he did tell him he would let. I mean, it would. They would follow your command. Right. He would be Raish, yeah. so they'd have to. You know. Right. Okay. Um, Queen returns to town. Uh, Thea uh, doesn't want any part of Merlin, who's sleeping on their couch. And Diggle wants to know why Rosh let him go, but Queen doesn't tell him at that point. Um, oh. We have the first of many flashback sequences this episode of, uh-huh. of Oliver running around with Akio, uh, the little boy, running around trying to stay away from guys who are trying to kill them. Until the very end of the episode, that's all they do. So we don't have to talk about that again until the end. No. Yeah. It just seemed like every time it was getting interesting, it was like they cut away to him running around with a little boy. When is he going to get... Tra- you know, the, I was really looking forward to the flashbacks with this because I really thought that his training was going to really come from him working with the Suicide Squad. You know, like working with right. uh, with her team of people before the Suicide Squad was actually activated. Like, I I thought that that's what we were going to get instead of what we've been getting. It's like they've been stalling for these flashbacks mm-hmm. as opposed to enhancing. Cause you still don't get the, we still don't get any of the, how he got better. Cause he's still not really right. He's okay, but he's still not well, the Oliver. Also, we know where in the, in the TV shows timeline, is it, how long has it been since he showed back up from the Island? Is it three to four years? He was gone a total of five years from Sterling city. Right. Right, right. For five years, yeah. Right. How long but has I mean, he been gone so far? I'm not sure. How long has he been gone from the island and back, officially back? I'm just saying, at some point in the show, the flashbacks are going to be going back to season one yeah. if they don't start. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. I'm thinking this is maybe to maybe the first year on the island, and this is the second year now of him running around and with 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 them with the boy and everything. That's what I'm I'm thinking that that maybe if they want to do it that way that could be the case. But I want to see when when is he going to get trained? <laughs> like when does he learn more stuff? You know, like when but I you know what? We do we do see okay, we we didn't we're not up to that part yet. So we'll talk about it when we get to that part. Well, yeah, that'll be at the very end cuz I'm not going to mention the yeah, flashbacks right. again. Uh yeah, Queen yeah, yeah, Queen yeah. cuts Nessa loose tells her to go home. Uh, everybody's confused, but uh, Oliver just wants them all to go back to work. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Detective La- or, uh, uh, Captain Lance confronts Arrow about not telling him that Sarah was dead, and he—he's bad. He's pissed. He's really mad at uh, at Arrow. He's like he feels like his mistrust, his trust was misplaced, and he's super mad. I kind of get that, but at the same time, Oliver should have come back with, "Look, it Laurel, it was Laurel's decision." Yeah, and I was respecting that decision. Well, he doesn't forgive Laurel in this episode either. I mean, Laurel goes to his office. Well, no, but but I mean, the whole reason Oliver is not telling Captain Lance or didn't tell him was because Laurel's desire to keep it from him for his health. It was so a week. Oliver, it was Oliver, it was. But Oliver was simply respecting her wishes, and you know, he he should have made that point to Captain Lance. I don't know that it would have changed anything, but I think he should have made that point. Because I would have had it that she would have said not to tell him, and our, and and he would have said I, I got to tell him, and told, and she would have been angry, and she would have left angry, and then that's how, and she, and then you you would have seen her off the show for a while, and you assume she just leaves, but in actuality she went to hooked up with with Nessa, with uh, Nessa Anita was her name. Nessa. Yeah, Nessa. Nessa. And and she comes back fully trained. 
And now you get the mystery of that can't be Sarah. Like after all this Razagul stuff is done, you see Black Canary running around fighting crime, and you learn about the water of Minnetonka, the the special water of Minnetonka. <laughs> yeah. And you and you say to yourself, did they take Sarah's body and put it in the water? See, I could have wrote a good season this season. Yeah, and fixed it. And they did have the like they that, did show the Lazarus pit this episode. I mean, Rayshard they Bull did told, show the Lazarus. Told yeah, that, awesome. you know, that was awesome. That you know the waters weren't working on him anymore and stuff. He explained yeah. all that to Oliver. So, yeah, so you could, I would have had a comeback eventually, and they would have thought it was Sarah, and she would have she would have came back being able to really fight, and then take it from there. Uh, Oliver drops by Palmer's lab to see Felicity. He tells her about a new bad guy they're up against, the guy who sewed his lips shut because they coerced a false confession out of him. And they just killed a whole bunch of guards in, the, in a new heist. His name is Murmur. That's from the comic. That is too, definitely from the comic. Yeah. Um, Laurel drops by to see Thea. Thea blames Malcolm for everything that's happened to her recently. Laurel leaves, and uh, the recovering Malcolm wakes up on the couch. Um, Thea tells him that, uh, you know, she's willing to die because of what she made, of what he made her do to Sarah. She's holding a knife and Malcolm tells her to finish him off, but she doesn't mm-hmm. oblige him. <sighs> <laughs> I was so hoping she would too. I really was. I thought this was going to be the end of Merlin. I really did. I thought this was, no. you know, but no, no, we don't ever get that. I've, and as much of, as I love John Barrowman, I I think he's just so awesome. I'm ready for this character to be gone. Yeah. Like either put him in a position where they can't kill him, but this whole thing of I'm at your mercy and you won't kill me, and, that got to and go. The entire reason Oliver was leaving him alive is to help him train to fight Rachel Ghoul, and now Rachel Ghoul is not going to fight him. So you don't need him. You don't need like, him anymore. I would have had him just leave. Just, just have Although with, uh, what happens at the very end of this episode, maybe he will need him uh, coming up. Um, Nissa returns back to Mnanda Parabat, and Raish tells her about the offering me a queen. Uh, she's she's mad. She's super mad, and uh, she, she's real mad. Yeah, she won't uh, stand by and, and watch him do this. So he says, "Fine, don't." Basically, telling her to leave. Uh, it turns out Murmur stole a few thousand dollars worth of industrial grade diamonds. But ignored like a big, a much much bigger money haul, and so they're kind of confused mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Queen Queen tells Diggle about Rachel's offer, uh, but Diggle's shocked that Queen is like actually considering it. But uh, he's not sure what the rate, you know, the arrow is really accomplished. You know, maybe the arrow's not enough. He says maybe you should be Rachel Ghoul. All right. With Malcolm like in the other room, she tells you know Queen that she didn't kill him because she doesn't want to be like uh, Malcolm, you know, and. Uh, Thea leaves and Queen tells Malcolm about Rachel's offer. Um, Malcolm tells him he really doesn't have a choice in the matter. It wasn't an offer. It was, you know, a command, more like. Queen shares his doubts and tells Felicity. And Felicity tells him he's nuts for even considering it. And then she tries to assure him what they're doing is important. And then gets a call from Palmer and says she has to take it. Cold. <laughs> yeah. She's like, that's my yeah. man now. Oh, my man's calling. Talk my, to my man's man. calling. You told me you didn't want to be with me. They figure out the diamonds were for armor-piercing weapons, and they would only be useful for going after the police, who wrongfully put him in jail. Uh, Felicity tries to call Lance to warn him, but he ignores the call, uh, because he's you know he's mad at the arrow, of course. Yeah. Uh, Laurel and Lance are talking about the relationship, 
Wait, could you stop right there? Yeah, sure. You know what they could have done, though? Everybody has a cell phone, right? Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't have called a station with the cell phone? Right. You, didn't call, you, you had to call them uh, personally. You couldn't call the front desk or something. Call right. 911. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. mean Laurel, Laurel they, they, they've all known all these cops and stuff, especially Laurel. She's the freaking district attorney in this place. You don't know anybody that you can call. Just, just saying. I mean, that's what happens when you have nobody. Like they need a. They really do need some people on the force that, besides just this captain. Right, right. It would make more sense for sure. Yeah, yeah. They need a more. Uh, they need their own version of a, um, uh, a Montoya and and uh, Christmas Allen and and whatnot. They need their own versions of cops that you know every day that right. they could talk to. Confided. I mean, even the Joe Flash, West. Yeah, I was gonna say even the Flash has Joe West, Eddie Thon, and the and the captain, exactly. and, and all that. You know, you know, more than just one cop <laughs> in the whole city. Captain Lance says, you know, he doesn't think he'd be able to forgive Laurel for lying to him about her sister, about Sarah. A murmurs team arrives at the police station with guns blazing. Lance and Laurel end up pinned behind a desk together. When all seems lost, both Nissa and the Arrow show up and save the day. And Arrow takes out Murmur. Uh, saving Lance's life, although, you know, he's out in the uh, alleyway, and Lance is like, well, what are you waiting for? Thank you. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, yeah, I just, sa- oh, I just saved your yeah. life. The least you can do is thank you. Yeah. But he says, oh, that's not why I do this. So evidently he's found, he's kind of reattached to his purpose. Right. Uh, back at the HQ, uh, Queen tells Felicity she was right. All he could think of during was the, the attack was saving the officers and getting them back to their families. He's not ready to leave and become Rosh Uncle. So he thought about it. Uh, the last flashback uh, sequence, a queen recognizes that they're being surrounded by a team. Uh, he tries to save the boy and get him through a crowd, and they run into Shadow. Nissa approaches Laurel and asks if she'd like to talk about Sarah. Uh, seems like they're going to start training together, not just more. I mean, yeah, Nissa will be able to give her training that she wouldn't be able to get from anyone else. In the team Arrow, yeah, she kind of needs it. Queen tells Maceo that he's not accepting Rachel Gould's offer. Maceo responds that... Uh, the choice has been made. It's like there will be consequences if Queen resists. Um, Thea stops by to see Roy, and they end up making out. Uh, the episode ends with Raish, dressed like the Arrow, killing several of the men who worked with Murmur. He lets one go, telling him that he tells everyone what he saw. Right. So that goes back to those photos that we saw leaked on Twitter a few weeks ago mm-hmm. when we saw two guys dressed as the Arrow. And about the flashback, I, I'm assuming that Shadow trains him more, I would think, maybe. Yeah, I would I think guess. so, too. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, Arrow, the offer. Mm-hmm. Let's get to that season finale so we can get through with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I truly feel like, yes, let's get it. Let's fast well, forward. Let's get it done. Well, here's the deal. I, have... I, I like some parts. Like I said, I like the fact that they were able to to take this story that, you know, it's already a Batman story at one point and put a new dimension on by actually having Oliver think about, you know, what it was like to kind of, you know, what it would be like for him to be raised. You know, he actually considered the offer, you know, other than Batman just like outright rejecting it in a heartbeat, you know. Well, and Rachel Gould did make him a good point of, you know, you, you do good in that city you're in. Imagine how much good you could do with a worldwide league of assassins, basically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that does give you something to really think about. I have a question, though, when it comes to Rachel Gould. Do you think that this whole thing was some kind of ruse or something? Because he... Wanted to join or the whole... 
thing. The whole thing, the whole, th- all of it, because the whole thing is, he says to him, you know, that the, the the water, the Lazarus pit, basically is not is not going to keep sustaining his life. Right. It's it's getting to the point that you know um, his time is running out. But then you know we see him a little later. He's got that cut on his hand, and he just dips it in the water, and it's fine. You know, well, that's I think he, telling me that the waters are not exactly no. resisting him. No, no, anymore. no. I think it was just kind of telling you what the water, like showing what the waters did to an audience. Right. Just but remember, Lazarus though, it's like you and me. But remember, with the Lazarus pit, it's not that it doesn't work at all. It's just that the it it rejuvenates him, but it doesn't last as long as he used to. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that makes. They sense. just didn't explain it in 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 the Arrow, but that's usually in from the comics. That's the deal. Like it. It rejuvenates, but then it, it it's shorter. It's a shorter amount of time for you before he starts to feel his age again. And, in the DC, and that's when you know. In the DCU, it kind of drove him insane when he used it too much. Well, every time. Yeah, every, every, every time like he every did time it, a little bit out, of madness. Yeah. Right. A little bit of madness hits him. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess this is the obvious thing is he wants to make the city turn against him. But it's just so early. I mean, we've, we've just already had a time where the city turned against him already. Like, it's just too soon. It's like they're trying to do so many things so soon. And it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's just too quick. Like, why? It just feels so... Do you think it's suffering from the fact that they had, at least this is the way I'm seeing it, is they had different plans for this season. Yeah. Uh, And with the success of The Flash, they changed. Yes, I mean, we weren't, and and I think that it suffered, so I think that once, and we may have discussed this before, because now I'm getting deja vu, but I'm thinking once we get to next season with that and Flash, that that, that a lot of these problems, these continuity and and weird plot issues we're having are going to be gone. Because the CW has totally changed, like, all these shows that have been picked up and stuff, that one, they didn't know about that stuff when they were writing the season. Like, basically, the landscape of all of this has changed. Well, the next episode is called Suicidal Tendencies, so I'll let you guess who's going to be showing up. A certain certain squad that is known for their suicidal tendencies, shall we say. So next week, we're getting Suicide Squad and Rogues in the same week. I don't know if I can contain it. I don't know. Please don't kill Diggle's wife. Please don't kill her. Please don't do that. uh, I'm going to have to to wear an extra pair of Depends, I think. (laughs) Between the um, because there's a tendency to kill off characters you don't really need to do, you don't really need to, and I don't, I don't think she's a character they need to kill off. I really don't. Like everybody wants vengeance already. You, there's no need to do something to put Diggle on the on on a, a quest for vengeance. I don't I don't think it's necessary. He already did that with his brother. Right. So you already had that. Like, how how much more of a vigilante do you want Diggle to be? So I I just hope that they don't do that fake you know thing of just killing her off just to do that. Right, that baby and, need a mama. That baby need a mama. That like, that's a mama. fine. That's enough of a, having the baby is enough of an excuse to not have her on as much because she had to take care of the of the you know she's taking care of the of the child. That's enough. You're like that's enough to not have her on all the time. That's the excuse that they need. But uh, I just hope they don't do the. Well, once again, kind of a mixed bag for Arrow this week, guys, wouldn't you say? Some things that worked, some things that didn't work. 
Yeah, some things that yeah. really worked and some things that didn't really work. Because how yeah. do you like? There was a time we can all agree that when Arrow before the season, when Arrow would throw out DC things like the things in the DC universe, you like Flash, you would have such a good time with it. Like you, it would be exciting when things were mentioned and stuff. And when did you ever have an episode where you thought? They would introduce the Lazarus pits, and you really, and it's pretty much a lackluster episode. I didn't think it was lackluster. I thought the main thing, but, the threat of, of like the offer of him, uh, you know, taking over the League of Assassins was probably the most interesting part of the episode, though. But I mean, you throw in the Lazarus pit, and it wasn't like, wow, that's a major episode. Like, mm-hmm. to throw something like that into this, that's a, that's a big deal. You would think it would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it really wasn't as big as it, it probably should have been. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, but, again, you know, a, kind of a, a mixed bag episode, good things and bad things in it. And uh, next week, like I said, Suicidal Tendencies should be an awesome episode. Um, we have a Facebook group called the DCTV Podcast Facebook group, mainly because you're listening to DCTV Podcast right now, by the way. And on there, we like to ask for comments from our uh, readers, members of the group. Please join our group. We're always looking for people to join us. Um, we have a lot of really good news feed on there, a lot of good discussion about the shows and everything like that, and the more the merrier. So please join our Facebook group. Uh, with some of the comments that we got this week, uh, Joseph Gaines chimed in about Joseph Gaines uh, chimed in about the Flash. Uh, the commercials kind of ruined ruined the Big Wells reveal. Uh, still, the scene with Cisco and Wells was heartbreaking. Uh, that scene is definitely amongst my favorite scenes so far this season. You know, I, I agree. When, like, when he's telling him, you know, he tells him what it, uh, that he's the closest thing he would ever would have had to a son. Um, that whole part where he's kind of like, I mean, they tell him the part where Wells tells him that, uh, you know, he, um, you know, he's the closest thing he would ever would have had to a son, and like Cisco is crying because he knows that yeah. he's just going to get the the crap killed out of him and. I mean, that was just a really powerful scene. He's absolutely correct. Just that fear of it. Like, there's, there, that's horror. Like, that's the best parts of a horror story is when you know the character knows they're going to be killed and there's absolutely nothing that they can do to prevent it. That, that scene had all the feels. Like, I felt bad yeah. for Cisco. I was excited to find out that he was Eobard. I mean, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. That, you know. uh, I, Zombie, I fell asleep halfway through the show but woke up at the very end. Uh, I only find the British scientist guy interesting. I'll hulu it and give it another try. Hmm. Well, that's fair, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Davis chimed in. Uh, it seems like a lot of stuff happened that may not have happened <laughs> after next week's time travel <laughs> episode. Uh, it was still a good episode. You know, I, I yeah. agree. But uh, again, I thought it was a cool way to let the audience in on some stuff. You know, Jason Foss. The Flash was incredible, but I'm willing to bet a lot of it. But we'll be retconned with Flash going back in time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. st- still, lots of OMG moments. I actually enjoyed iZombie after the opening few minutes and see some potential there. I don't think it's going to be as arc-driven as Flash or Arrow. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, although I do imagine Liv will be learning more about the zombie world in upcoming episodes. A uh, fun show that probably... that guy. Yeah, right, the Blaine, the drug dealer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun show that probably shouldn't be taken too seriously. We'll keep watching. Uh, Lucas King of The Handicast wrote in, um, his review of Flash, one word, perfect. Uh, John Davis, uh, also wanted to mention about for Arrow, uh, Nissa and Laurel, works for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It does It does for me, too. Somebody has to train her. 
Uh, and Sean Daniels uh, wrote in, I enjoyed iZombie. It was a bit of an info dump origin. The dialogue was sharp and the changes to the overall story versus the comic were easier to swallow as the show went on. And we also had some uh, comments in Arrow. On part- um, Emmanuel Gibson chimed in with, he thinks that next week will be a game changer. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Stephen the Burge said uh, um, Arrow this week was much like Last Gotham. Uh, there was about 10 minutes I thought it was great, and the rest was meh, murmur, question mark. Malcolm on the couch, flashback, shadow. I will reserve judgment until next week, though. Uh, Joseph Gaines wrote in, again, for Arrow. Uh, part of me is thrilled with the idea of Nissa sticking around to Team Arrow, but the other part thinks the cast is way too big already. And Emmanuel Gibson chimed in, LOL, I think by next season it will shrink somewhat. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, John Davis wrote in again for uh, Arrow. If Ollie thinks Lance is mad now, then wait till he finds out who Ollie and Thea's new roommate is. <laughs> His daughter's killer and a mass murderer. I fast forward when Malcolm is on screen now. Um, yeah, I think we agree. And then Mikey Wood, the comic artist from here in Pittsburgh, chimed in. I'm watching now. The Lazarus Pit. I really love how they're doing Raish. I think he's great. And if you uh, would like to join us in our discussions and uh, news feed and everything on the Facebook group, like I said, it's the DCTV Podcast Facebook group. We should uh, wish you would join us. Uh, let's go over some news real quick, shall we, gentlemen? Yes. Yep. The, let's do it. The Arrow Flash spinoff that we are all baiting our breath for and, and looking forward to and reading little bits about all the time. Um, now we, I mean, we have Captain Cold, we have Heatwave in that, we have Katie Lotz uh, somehow involved uh, as Sarah, you know, the black, the original Black Canary, Brandon Ralph's Adam. Uh, it is aiming to launch mid-season next year. Mm. Interesting. Be, yeah, that'll be that would be after the Supergirl um, uh, pilot would launch, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. Uh, something I think I, I neglected to mention last week. Uh, we talked about Dean Kane and Helen Slater uh, being cast for Supergirl. I think the um, uh, what I, we neglected to mention was that the rumor is now that they're going to be her Earth parents. Uh, Dean, Kane. Ah. they're going to be her adoptive parents on Earth. Dean Kane and Helen Slater. Okay. I can get behind that. I think it's cool. Like I said, I thought it was cool when they did that with John Wesley Ship in the in the Flash too. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, something else we uh, we talked about uh, uh, we have here in the Facebook group we had a list and uh, we'll go through it next week because there are so many comments um, we're, I'm asking everybody what are your top three DC television or movie projects that you're most excited for the top three top three movie and, D- and or TV, TV either way movie or, or, t- or TV uh, I would have to say Superman Batman first for me because mm-hmm. I, I waited so long to see them on screen uh, Suicide Squad is the other, um, and Justice League, I would say. Um, I'd have to say Suicide Squad first and foremost. Um, I'm looking forward to the Batman versus Superman, but I, to me, I'm just wondering if it's not going to be a stepping stone to the Justice League movie because that would probably be the second one I'm looking to forward, forward to the most. And then the the third, I'm really looking forward to the Supergirl show. I think I would have to go Suicide Squad and uh, then after that, the uh, whatever the all-star mid-season spinoff is that we've been talking about with all the other characters from the CW-verse. I'm really interested to see what that ends up being. And then uh, if it ever gets made, I know the script is written, uh, Guillermo del Toro's 
Dark Universe. I think you know. With oh, the, I forgot about the that. Justice League Dark characters. I, All I, right. Yeah. I would love to see yeah. that end up being made into a movie. Maybe with yeah. Matt Ryan as Constantine. You know, bring him back. I agree. I That'd agree. Be awesome. Uh, we got some casting for Preacher this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth Nega, who played uh, Lena on uh, uh, Agents of Shield, you know, the, the woman in the flower dress, the uh, the Inhuman, uh, is going to be Tulip, Tulip O'Hare in uh, Preacher. And uh, Ian, Col- I'm sorry, Ian Coletti is going to be playing Arseface. And you didn't hear it from me, but there, yeah, Ian Coletti is. Uh, might be a guest on the uh, in the old DC TV podcast coming up in the near future, thanks to some friends of ours. Oh, nice! So we could talk to him about what it's, what it's like to uh, to be playing Arseface, I guess, uh, in the AMC Preacher show. So watch the space. <laughs> um, Jim Parsons wants to play the Riddler. Hey, so do I. Big deal. <laughs> but he put out a press release saying so. Like that is so not news. I know. It's like, I want to play this. Okay, thanks. That's nice. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. And uh, we got we also got uh, more possible casting news for Suicide Squad. Probably my favorite part of the Watchmen movie, Jackie Earl Haley as, um, as Rorschach. Uh, he has been rumored to be part of the cast of Suicide Squad. Oh, he is such a good actor. He is. Yeah, I like him. He could even be the question if they really wanted him to. Wow, that would be awesome if he played Rorschach that, and the question. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> if they did a movie version of the, if they did a movie version of it, man, he could really play the creepy the question. Like he would scare the crap out of everybody. Yeah, he was just. I just thought, um, like, I mean, you know, obviously the Watchmen movie was not a perfect movie in it by any stretch. But I thought he was one of the best things in it. I thought he really nailed Rorschach. Yeah. I mean, he, not, only, not only did he look the part, but he really like had that intensity that that Rorschach would have had to you know had to have. And uh, Could you imagine that dude, uh, you know, figuring out the patterns and 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 delving out justice and and the whole thing. Yeah, no doubt. I just uh, I, I I would love to see him as part of this cast. I mean, this cast is really shaping up to be something interesting. Yeah. Um, Suicide Squad. And that's uh, that's about all the, the stuff I've got in the DC News bag right now. Unless I missed something. If you enjoy TV talk, and I imagine you would because you're listening to a podcast all about TV or movies or comics or all kinds of other stuff, then definitely check out the other stuff on the HHWLOD Media Network. Uh, we have It's All Connected, which covers the Marvel side of things, much the way we cover the DC side of things. Uh, they cover all the Marvel Studios output, TV and movies, and talk about how they are indeed all connected, hence the name. Uh, we have the Ichabod Crane cast, which covers Sleepy Hollow, which just got picked up for a third season. Uh, so, uh, you know, you get, when you get caught up with the show, get caught up with the podcast as well. Uh, we also have the uh, the Whedonverse podcast. It's going through all of Joss Whedon's work from uh, in the chronological order with the Clairvoyant and Mr. Universe there. Uh, we have the Out Now with Aaron and Abe cast. Uh, Aaron Newworth, newly of uh, uh, RaveHollywood.com. You know, just got a new job writing there. Congratulations, Aaron. Uh, still doing the Out Now podcast every week with all of your latest movie, uh, new movie releases, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, if you're a movie buff of any stripe, you should definitely check out. Plus, they do commentary tracks of, of classic films. Uh, we're going to be doing one uh, pretty soon uh, on the the, uh, the Road Warrior, 
I'm going to be joining him and Brandon Peters and Scott Mendelson for that commentary track. Uh, will will probably come out right right around the time that Mad Max Fury Road uh, is released. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, all great shows of the HHWLOD uh, Media Network. And once you have exhausted all of those wonderful podcasting possibilities, mosey on over to the Taylor Network of Podcast.com, headed by the man, the mogul himself, Mr. Daryl Taylor, who you've been enjoying on this show. Uh, Daryl and myself and Donnie Salvo talk TV uh, every week on Nothing's On. Uh, there's also No Apologies, the Take No Prisoners uh, comic book geeky cast, as it were. Um, not for the easily offended. There's uh, J.K.'s Happy Hour. There's Wade's World with Martheus Wade and family uh, about the life of an independent comics creator. Uh, there is the um, the Comic Rock Snark cast with the, uh, the Comic Rocks themselves, uh, Jerry and Amy uh, teaming up with the mogul and talking comics and talking all kinds of good stuff. Uh, Sunday Comics Podcast. All kinds of great podcasts there at the Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, com. Check that out as well. So until next week, we have a whole new week of DCTV to talk about. Thanks for listening, and we are Ghost. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hands on your hips. You bring your knees in tight. And if the bell rings out. It really doesn't insane. Let's do the time on the air. Let's do the time on the air. It's a dream. You can't see me. No, not at all. In another dimension. With voyeuristic intention. Well secluded. I see all. With a bit of a mind flip. You're into the time slip. And nothing can ever be the same. You're spaced out on sensation. Like you're under
hip. <laughs>